The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! This, this is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now, your host, Nui Scruggs. Media Mash on Tuesday. Let's ride. Nice. <laughs> Riding better than Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos for mm-hmm. sure. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. Watching Monday Night Football made me appreciate Mike McCarthy. A lot of Cowboy fans were unhappy. They were like, man, should throw the flag there. Man, you could have one of those two guys, Staley or Hackett, as your head coach because everything they did was terrible yesterday. That was that was looked like Thursday Night Football. That game was so bad. <laughs> It was awful to watch. Awful to watch. But let's get into some Cowboys here with Rob Phillips, DallasCowboys.com. Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. John Mashoda of The Athletic. I am Newey Scruggs. Tomorrow, four is back. He'll be practicing. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of excited are about we, it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, is it going to happen? I mean, You'll hit should... me with a wet blanket? Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I mean. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, sure. it's just it's just like there's a, there's some stretching and then there's a little bit of throwing and then it'll be some left-handed and he's gonna punt he's gonna have it taped up because he's like gonna be like ha everyone's gonna be taking a picture of it and he's right. gonna everyone leaves and he gets to go out and he's just gonna dice it up. So I don't know, man. I got there early. Uh, I know you guys were there too uh-huh. before the game and. I thought he looked pretty good. Now, yeah, of he, course, he's throwing. There's no defense, and he's just throwing on air. But he, I thought it was pretty impressive because we they've done a good job of not allowing us to see very much. And so to be there. He's throwing it. and Which was kind of an awkward thing because when you get into the stadium, the only people that are there are pretty much stadium workers. And they're sitting there, and they're just like, why are you videotaping all this stuff? And he's like, well, we normally don't get to watch any of this. So I want to tweet out a couple of videos or whatever. So he threw about 50 times, and I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good. And then. The ultimate, the biggest thing, the, the most obvious one to me is this is just absolutely the perfect get-right team that you're playing against. It's, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better team. You're at home. Uh, you have an informed, yeah, educated like, opinion about they're the, the team, worst the team they're playing to. They're, this week. they're the worst defense in the NFL. Michigan there's, native, yeah. There's not a better time to bring him back than against this opponent. The next two games. Yeah, and then the bye week. And then, and then the big McCarthy game going back to Green Bay. But, yeah, I, the other thing, too, he was taking snaps from center. I wasn't yeah, there. This, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was the other good. thing we have not seen at all. We've seen him throw you know, some routes on air. But doing that, that's part of this offense, too. I, I would be shocked if he's not back Sunday. Yeah. The reason I said I was excited about four coming back is we've seen the offense win four football games with Cooper Rush, and they're running the ball. I don't think that Kellen Moore should change what he's doing at all. Keep running the football here. And with a better quarterback, now you got a shot at scoring 24, 26 points a game. And if your offense can get out 24, 26 points a game with the way this defense is going, this team should win a lot of football games the rest of the way. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people will talk about, oh, is Dak going to change his game? He needs to change his game. He needs to play more like like Cooper Rush did. I I definitely would never say that, but – I do think it's interesting that he was on the sideline for these five games and he got to watch what will be unquestionably the best defense that he has played with in his in his career. Yeah. And so when you see that, it's one thing to I'm you know, hey, I'm sure he knew times last year he sees Micah Parsons practice. Uh, you know, you go out to, to training camp, I'm sure he knew it was gonna be a really good defense. It's another thing to just see how dominant they've been and how well they've played during this stretch that even to him he's gotta kinda be like on certain throws. 
I don't really need to risk it here. You know what? I can just take this. Let's just live to play another down because there was times when obviously he was the quarterback of this team where it's like, Jack, if you don't put up 35, I don't know if we're going to have a chance in this game. And that's not the case anymore. No, no I 100% agree with that. And, and like, he's never really had this defense. And also, you know, I, I think that just the threat of him running, he doesn't have to go and take off all the time like the other guys. But, you know, there was a play early in the game where it was like third and two and it was a run pass option and he and, and Cooper Rush the read is there. to take it and that's just not his game and I hope that that would be Dak's game and you know I, I don't know if y'all noticed this in, in the game the other night but the run pass option hurt the Cowboys on defense just a little bit you know hurts I mean I thought hurts hurts his running ability killed the Cowboys and it wasn't because it was in this game it was because of, they were scared about all the other games and therefore they were worried about him and then Miles Sanders just gashing him for 13 RPO obviously works it doesn't work with Cooper Rush I think it'll work more with Dak yeah and we think probably another year removed from the ankle injury that he's going to be more involved doing that it's, it, he's it's always been a nice red zone threat for them especially inside the 20 with Dak being able to do that and maybe they can raise it from that standpoint I said on Talking Cowboys this morning like Bringing up your point, Nui, about the same offense, like there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's there is a sentiment out there that he's a forty million dollar man, so it needs to be all on his shoulders. How's it working out for Aaron Rodgers right now without some of the the talent that he's had around him in the past? You know, like it's okay to have a a nice support system and an offense that doesn't rely on you solely to to make plays. And Troy Aikman had a great offensive line, a great running game. I'm not saying it's the same offense here, but you know what I mean. It's okay. He doesn't have to do it all himself. Troy, the most he ever threw uh, touchdowns in, in the season, 23, you mm. know, and, and still has a spot in, in, in Canton. I just think that Dak's coming back. It's a Lions team that you should be able to beat. So don't need to roll out here 40 times. You don't need to throw it 40 times. You've got a defense that is winning games. We were at the McCarthy press conference, and he said, we are a defensive football team. So if you're a defensive football team, you know what you need to do? You need to keep them off the field. You guys were at the game. I wasn't. 34 minutes and 30 seconds on the field. I, I'm sorry. That's too much for any defense. I mean, you're, you're, just, you're asking. 34 minutes, 30, uh, 34 minutes, 30 seconds, three turnovers, you're asking to get beat. If this team is on the field for 25 minutes and you've got no turnovers and Dak Prescott is back, I like the Cowboys' chances to win a lot of fo- a lot of football games the rest of the way. I just hope Kellen Moore will stick to what's been going on here because I think this is the formula for they can actually do something and take this into the playoffs and win with this. Well, again, that's why this is the perfect team to play against. It's the worst rush defense in the NFL uh, by far, uh, worse rush defense than even that Cowboys, how bad it was two years ago. Uh, a team that has not won on the road since 2020. This, I mean, this sets up perfectly for you to run the ball, get right in the run game. Not that, I mean, I thought they ran the ball pretty well against Philly. But you don't. Dak doesn't have to go out there and throw a bunch. He can kind of you can work him in. Uh, if there's a little bit of rust early on, hey, then then you know maybe he, he you know he can work through it. But uh, this, I like again, I just think you could win this game with any of your quarterbacks. So this is just the perfect 
perfect game for him to come back. I don't think the Eagles have given up more than 20 points to anyone except for the Lions. I, I, that week one game is weird to me because it wasn't at like 38-35. Oh, they can score points. They so that's the thing. They, they, yeah, they can't stop anyone, but but they can score now. They, they got shut out in New England, right? 26 Yeah, nothing. they just got yeah. shut out in New England. Yeah. And I also think that this is probably the angriest that the Cowboys defense has been all season sure. with the way that they played. I expect them not to come in this game right. and take anyone lightly, especially when you have coaches harping on the missed tackles. That's something that uh, usually when that happens in a week, the the following week, there aren't as many missed tackles. That that part gets cleaned up. How many times did Dan Quinn say he was pissed off yesterday? <laughs> I don't know, quite a few. Probably 10. <laughs> 10 missed <laughs> tackles, 10 pissed offs. Yeah. yeah. I think for the Cowboy coaches, I said Monday, this is, this is yeah, you don't want to lose, but this is a good way to lose in terms of, all right, now you've got a lot of teaching points you can come out there, point things out and say, hey, look, this has got to be better, that's got to be better. And you just faced, you know, an Eagles team that's still unbeaten, and now you're in third place. So I think they're going to have a whole lot of folks' attention here. Let me flip this to the other side. Dan Campbell, former Dallas Cowboy tight end. Uh, we were here and remembered that Dan was the starting tight end and the backup was some dude named Jason Witten taking third round out of Tennessee. I watched Hard Knocks, and I saw so many people across the country get sold on Dan Campbell. I like Dan. I do. But watching that stuff, I'm like, man, that's high school stuff, man. This is the National Football League. That stuff's not going to carry very long. It's good for the cameras, but 17 weeks? I'm sorry. And now we're looking at teams just won one football game here, and they are struggling. They, they went and they took on New England, got shut out. I mean, the Pat Matt Patricia revenge game. I mean, that was that was something to see. But I, I'm I am you're you're the you're the Michigan native. I'm worried this is about to turn into another. Oh well, this is the Lions type of season, man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just how. It, I mean, this is not. Uh, it's not a small sample size. Like it's not five, ten years. I mean, this is going back to the fifties. So, uh, yeah, no, this lines up. But to your point on the Dan Campbell thing, I was thinking about this before the game. Uh, when we were eating in the uh, press box in Philly, and I asked Clarence and a few others about this, I was like, uh, you know, wh- college football and pro football, how many times is the guy that gets hired and is the rah-rah guy that the fans all love, how many times is that does that person end up really meeting expectations or exceeding them? Most of the time, they disappoint because that fan stuff is great and that rah-rah stuff is great, and then you got to do that thing where it's, oh, yeah, you got to coach on Saturday, you got to coach on Sunday. That's the stuff that matters. It really is. You can completely hate a guy. Like, I'll give you a great example. The perfect one I'm coming up with right now that I've seen, and not to take it too far into college football, but is at Notre Dame. You know, LSU fans can't stand Brian Kelly. You know, Notre Dame gets a guy that they're all rah, rah. They're, hey, this is our guy. He wants to be here. And then you're just kind of like, yeah, but then on Saturdays, you still have to be able to coach. Oh, and Brian it. Kelly can coach on Saturdays. You might not like him as a person. The guy can coach. Brent Venables. Remember, he stepped That's off another, plane from well, Clemson? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. He was up there, oh, boomer sooner, yah yah, and that right. whole thing. Jim Harbaugh at yep. Michigan. Man, he's out here doing rap videos. Who's got it better than us? Nobody got a great recruiting class. He's taking taking folks over to uh, Europe, and he's right. down here in the South. And that, that stuff. It's different with the NFL a little bit, because who's like, I can't think of an NFL coach that like the fan base, when they, right when they got him, the fan base was just so fired up, and, and then it worked out. I, that's where I was going. Pete Carroll. Okay. And... Who, who, who's it's been he, a while. Who, who's he coaching? Who's who's the guy coaching? Who are the players? Because yeah. if you've got good players, it doesn't matter. Not not that coaching doesn't matter and your messaging doesn't matter, but um, there's certain situations where guys step into jobs, and if they just don't have the quarterback or enough guys to really make plays on Sunday, it, the message is it doesn't it doesn't ring true ultimately in the box score. So um, 
He's they, they've taken steps. I think he's just trying to change the culture. He's trying to bring some excitement to this franchise. You know all about it, John. Like it's just not the kneecap stuff is good. I think you know, but but again, they got to have enough players to get it done. You know, and and that's what I I said this morning on on our show is that you know Dak did a nice job of throwing the ball, looked great. One thing he didn't get was hit, obviously. Right. And and you wonder if if you're teaching if your message is we're gonna bite someone's kneecap when we come up. I bet we're gonna hit someone in the thumb. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be that sure. kind of way. So I, that's what I wonder is is they're gonna be fired up for him. He's coming back to the Cowboys and you know Texas A and M guy. Aaron Glenn's a defensive coordinator. I mean, you know, they they both played here together and all that, and they'll be fired up and all that. You wonder, Dak, you know, is he going to take any shots like that? I'm not saying Detroit's a dirty team or whatever, right, right. but they're going to be aggressive. I mean, their head coach said it a hundred times in their press conference. He kept going and kept going and saying, "I'm going to do this. We're going to take out another hunk." Yeah, we're going to take another <laughs> hunk. I mean, it's like, all right, we we get it, Dan. You know, so you wonder how aggressive the team's going to be coming in here. One other thing I wanted to say about the fan thing, real quick. What I was going to finish up with is just the fact of. Probably the, the the guy that the fans wanted the least to stay as coach in Detroit was Jim Caldwell. The fans didn't want that. That's the best coach that they've had in a long time. And just interesting how substance. that works out. Substance. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that that's the thing that so many folks miss out on. It's just absolute substance there. Okay, uh, let's hit a break in here. Dalton Schultz, I want to dive into the Cowboys tight end. How much are they missing him uh, when they get him back? And then also the future for Dalton Schultz. There's a very interesting topic. Rob Phillips, Nick Eatman, John Michaud, I'm Newey Scruggs. This is the Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field. United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back back, back, to Media Mash. Media Mash here on a Tuesday. Cowboys have the day off. They'll return to practice Wednesday as they get ready to face the 1-4 Detroit Lions Sunday at noon at AT AT&T Stadium. Rob Phillips, DallasCowboys.com. Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. The original, the first ever (laughs) team writer in professional sports. 1998 or 99? 99. 1988? Probably feels like it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Uh, it felt like 1988, like yesterday. Chan Gailey years. (laughs) In the Chan. First coach coach I was here for, yeah. They had a tight ends coach named Les Miles. He was around. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting staff. John Mishota of The Athletic. I'm Newey Scruggs. All right, Dalton Schultz did not play in Philadelphia. Uh, He was inactive, dealing with a knee here. The rookie tight ends combined for six catches, 62 yards. Talking about Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin and Peyton Hendershot, the undrafted free agent from Indiana. Guys, do we expect Dalton Schultz back? And give me a sense of where you think his role, what what could be his future going forward here? I I thought one thing that was telling was in the pregame show when we we did, we interviewed Stephen Jones, and then Jerry said it this morning as well. These guys are as plugged in as as you're – general managers and owners and you know would be they're both saying that they were surprised that he didn't play in the game uh i thought that was surprising that they were surprised uh by it and and they practiced all week and it kind of popped up so i think more than anything it's just we're dealing with a with a guy that's that's got a knee injury that they i hate to say they can't control it but it's 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 one of those things maybe it's a zeke thing from last year where it's always going to be something it's going to be problematic and I don't want to take it there because I don't know. I don't want to take it there and say contract year, protecting yourself. I don't know that, but I just know they were a little surprised that he didn't play in the game. Yeah, I also wonder with the whole knee brace thing. You know, that was the thing with Zeke. You knew it was going to limit him, and this seems like the type of injury you're going to have to do that. He probably doesn't want to play with a knee brace because it limits what you can do. You know, that's the thing. I remember, I think it was Zach Martin we were talking to a couple years ago talking about how if you notice in college, they make it mandatory – you know, whether you're watching Notre Dame, Alabama, whoever, all their offensive linemen wear the knee brace on both knees. When you get to the pros, no one's mandating that because they can't because it's going to be every man to themselves. And I can't remember which player I asked about it, but they were like, if I wear both of those knee braces, I won't be in the NFL because just that like split second of me being a little bit slower, I'm not good enough to be in the NFL like that. Oh, mm-hmm. So um, I just fi- I find it interesting that. See Zach Martin saying that. Zach Martin definitely didn't say that. Well, I can, I can see <laughs> Zach him Martin. saying that. I think he could do it with with four knee braces on his yeah. knees. I think he'd be all right. You know who it might have been, actually? It might have been Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan Cooper. Okay. Carolina yeah. Tar Heels. Yeah. But, like so I'm, I'm wondering if that if that's the case, if the knee brace, he, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he wants to try and go without it. And then Steven said yesterday on the radio that he tweaked it on that Saturday practice. They, they do a pretty – Intensive Saturday. Clearly, yeah. Simi Fajoko IR. They go. They go light on some days where people go heavy, and they go heavy on days when some people go light. But I think the obvious thing is, is every snap that he's not out there, one of those snaps is going to Jake Ferguson or Peyton Hendershot. And everything that you hear and everything you see seems to be that both of them are trending in a direction that are going to be here for a while. And so, if that's the case, no team is paying. 
three tight ends. So you can just kind of figure it out for yourself there. This is why guys hate the franchise tag. Because, yeah, he's got $10 million guaranteed this year, Dalton Schultz, but then he's got to prove it again this year, and then all it takes is an injury like this to where he's not fully himself. I thought the Washington game, he played 10 snaps. It was like he was out there just doing what he could, but he was obviously limited physically. Um, and what John mentioned about Hendershot and Ferguson, you saw Ferguson with that nifty touchdown. That was like some kind of James Harden stutter move there on the, on the touchdown. He's got talent. They kind of remind me of like – Schultz and Jarwin 2.0 coming in with kind of skill sets that complement each other. Um, and yeah, I don't know what it means for Schultz, but I do wonder if he can if he can gut through this. And Zeke liked wearing the knee brace last year. He thought it gave him some some stability. If he could gut through this, he's been Dak's guy. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if if maybe there's gonna be an uptick in usage there because Noah Brown was Cooper Rush's guy. I mean, there's just you know, there's just a rapport that certain guys have with certain certain guys, and also they've been really trying to max protect and really. I mean, Schultz has been blocking a lot to allow Cooper Rush to be you know open things up downfield. So maybe things change a little bit, assuming he gets back. It's seven catches with Dak his first game, you know, and I think he has like nine now, eight. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not nine. I believe he has, yeah. you know, and that's a good point. I mean, he's blocking a little bit more, a lot more max protect, but it's still there's there's a there's a security blanket type feeling there with Dak and, and Dalton Schultz. And, and, and he seems like the type of player that, especially when we talked earlier about how Dak probably doesn't need to take as many chances, take the safe throws. you got a good defense. Who would he throw more safe throws to than Dalton but Schultz? These guys are more athletic, though. They're more yeah. athletic, and it's definitely Hendershot. Hendershot. That's the one thing that yeah. Lunda Wells was saying to us in the in preseason and training camp, that this guy – you know, has a chance to make a difference because he goes vertical down the field. Right. And then Ferguson does as well. And that catch, I never, from the, my view in the press box, probably same, almost similar to yours, is I didn't think he was going to catch that ball, that deep one. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's way overthrown. And then he still keeps going, keeps going, catches up ground, and then makes the catch. Uh, Ferguson, and then, of course, like you said, the touchdown was just a, it was like Chris Berman with the whop. Yeah. 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 That, was, like, that was awesome. Hendershot. He runs. I said this morning. He runs routes like a receiver. One of our guys on on the show this morning said that, and he he's playing a little fast. Mike McCarthy talked about that, and maybe he was talking about the illegal motion. Just kind of settle down a little yeah. bit. But they've got a lot of talent. Both guys do. Bill Parcells used to say, "You don't want to leave the huddle because you don't know who's coming in." And those two rookies have come in here and they played yeah. well. And just by listening to you. You know what he also used to say about tight end? I mean, this is one of my favorite lines. He would say, like, drafting a tight end, like, in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, almost every year. He would be like, getting a good, solid tight end, keep it coming. <laughs> like, like, keep sweat. Keep it coming. Like, let's go every year. Which, get one. listening to you guys, means Dalton Schultz is going to have missed his window. That you didn't sign that contract, and they're probably not going to offer it to you again because you now can uh, have guys who are under rookie contracts, and with other players coming up here, you can put that money towards them and not have to pay well, a tight end. Well, he missed his cowboy. He might have missed his Cowboys window. Well, that's what I mean. That's He's not I mean. missing his payday that, window. That, Just watch. That's watch to see what he gets in the that, open that, That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But it, it may never have come next year. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, I mean, you franchise him once, you could franchise him again, but, I mean, there is – Money that's got to go to some all pro guys here in the next couple of years, and maybe CD Lamb too. And you know, it's, there's Trayvon Diggs. Can't, I mean, we can't, can't pay everybody. Think Schultz gonna get a huge deal? Like if he gets like a 22, 23 catch, you know, three hundred yards. Yeah, because I don't think they'll look at this year. I think they'll look at he has a good body of work, and, and agents, if you look at some yeah. 
some tight ends that have gotten some big deals out there in the last year or two. Uh, I think that he'll end up getting a deal that is going to be more than what he ever was going to get from the Cowboys. There'll be a team out there that really every year we got. We got I'm just saying the good. position is just one of those. It's be, it's okay. I know this is going to sound stupid because of the fact that the Cowboys have two rookies playing really well. Tight end is one of the tougher positions to transition from from college to pro. And if you have a quarterback, let's say it's a young quarterback, another team in the NFL, and you want a good solid tight end that has experience that can do multiple things, I can see a team paying for him. Yeah. He's super smart too, and I mean he's you know he, he'll fit in he'll fit into the group, and, and it, maybe it is here. I mean it's you know we're five games yeah, into, yeah. or six games into this. Yeah, you don't want to write him off yet because I do think, like you said, I think the connection with Dak is there. He can sure. start getting that back going if he gets healthy. But you just wonder about the knee. Like is it is it something he needs? Does he need a couple weeks yeah. here? Does he need to go IR? I mean that might even be an option. Is like I mean you can go. You got the bye week coming yeah. up. Is IR when? a games or weeks? Thing. I think I thought it was a week's I thing. I think it's weeks. I would consider it then. Think about it. You got two games here. You got the bye. I would cons- I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. They're, they're being, you know, if Jerry and Steven are surprised, I'm surprised too then. I mean, I, I, we don't know. It's a tough deal. You don't know what's going on. And we, and, and we don't know if it's exactly like Zeke's. I mean, it's a PCL. And yeah. that, I mean, that bothered Zeke the entire rest of the season, and he was able to get through it. But if that's the case, then it's not going away. At least not anytime soon. Let's get our second break in here. want to dive into your concern about stopping the run for the Cowboys' defense. And we know Detroit's going to want to run the football with Swift and Williams come high noon Sunday at Jerry World. Rob Phillips, DallasCowboys.com. Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. John Machota of The Athletic. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is the Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Mini Mash right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. We've got John Mashota, The Athletic, Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com, and Rob Phillips of DallasCowboys.com. Cowboys coming off the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, getting ready for the Detroit Lions. After that, it is the Chicago Bears, then a bye week, and then they head up for one more straight uh, NFC North contest. It will be... The Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, first time that Mike McCarthy has been back there since being released as the head coach. In this football game on Sunday, Philly ran the ball. We knew they wanted to run the ball. They ran the ball. And to me, when I think about how do you beat the Dallas Cowboys this year, going back into last year, it's by running the football. What is your concern level, Rob? Uh, I put it medium, but but I, I because I think – Philly's so unique. There's not an offense like them. So that style of run game, uh, they're not going to see maybe the rest of the year other than Christmas Eve. Um, that being said, I think it's been an issue at times throughout this season. And part of it's because their pass rush is so good. And McCarthy's spoken of this. He's like, that's how I would attack this Cowboys defense because I don't want them rushing the passer on me. It's what it's what Washington tried to do to get them off of Carson Wentz because their offensive line was so banged up and and, and struggling. So They've really been able to mainly, I think, attack edges, and sometimes they're running at Micah Parsons and, and forcing him into run defense and trying to wear him down. Those specifically, that spot is where I've seen it. Um, but I think every team's going to have problems with this RPO stuff from the Eagles. I, I think they're legit. I don't think they're going anywhere. 6-0? and Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that element is it's just a dynamic that's very tough to, to stop. You know, other teams have done well on the outside – rushing the ball. I remember Fournette did. I feel like Washington kind of ran the ball on the outside more. Um, and then, you know, but the Eagles were like right up the middle. You know, a lot of it was, it felt like. And that was because of the RPO. I, I think that teams are going to figure out, you know, I hate to say the word blueprint again, but you wonder if you're starting to see teams like, all right, we're going to do this with Micah. You're going to put Micah on the outside. We're going to go over here. Or we're going to put him in coverage. We're going to do things to neutralize him a little bit. So that's what I wonder if teams are going to start really kind of game planning and say, we're going to go against this guy. If he's your best player and you don't want to put him in the middle of the field, then we're going to go around him. Yeah, I think that game is going to be kind of an outlier because it wasn't just, yeah, Micah – he certainly was frustrated in the locker room after the game, and we've seen it a few times after some games. I feel like New England last year was another one where he you could just tell he was not happy with the way he played. But here, here's the thing. They didn't get any of those big, huge plays out of Micah Parsons or Demarcus Lawrence or Trayvon Diggs. And those three right there, the odds are that you're going to have all three of them not have any big plays. I just don't think are, are, is great. I think that that was a huge reason why they won that game. It took three turnovers. And all three of those guys not to have any big game-changing play type thing, uh, I find it hard to believe that's going to happen all the time. And then going back to the whole quarterback situation, 
yeah, everything's rolling right now, and it probably seems great what Jalen Hurts is doing. But also when you do all that read option stuff all the time, you open your quarterback up to take a lot of hits. Oh, no and doubt. And you're not going to be judged the same way as a pocket passer. So, you know, if you keep doing that, there's going to be some big-time DNs that are going to sit there and guess that the quarterback's going to keep it. And the quarterback pitched, but he's still getting smoked because that's part of the game. And and, and I understand it was a big deal with Dak early on. Hey, that success they had with, with Zeke early, hey, that was great. They were also young. I don't think you want to be doing that stuff anymore as your quarterback gets older in this league, paying them the big-time bucks. So I, it works, and, it, and it's working right now for them. I just don't know if that can be your plan long-term. Robert Griffin was great at it early on, and he got hurt, and he wasn't the same quarterback after that. So, you're, I mean, your point's well taken. I've um, seen I've seen this year Hurts. I, I can't remember what game it was, but I remember him getting that call just like what you're talking about. A read option, he pitches it. Then he gets hit, and they treat him like a quarterback. Now yeah. I don't think it's you know, and maybe that's part of the in their competition committee going on right now. I mean, they're talking about roughing the passer. I mean, they're gonna have to figure that out somehow. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he's gonna get hit a lot. But I I do remember a play this year where they did treat him that way, which I think is just ridiculous how a guy can run like that and then just slide when he wants yeah. to slide. The the other thing too that could get the Eagles is if they they haven't run into an offense yet that can make them play from behind to where the RPO stuff doesn't mean as much. Yeah. Um, so, and maybe that's the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Maybe we'll see that where it's, you know, they're not as limited offensively. But um, back to the run defense, Nui, like I just think the other thing too, like John missed, mentioned the missed tackles. And guys kept saying, Micah said it, some other guys I think said it after the game, guys trying to make the splash play and trying to, I don't know if they're they're so hyped up because they've been playing so well and everybody wants to eat and make the big splash play. Just and maybe that's what Dan was referring to yesterday. Just everybody in their in their assignment, and and we don't have to be splashy all the time. We're good enough to just be solid, you know. Well, let me ask all three because you were all in Philadelphia at the game. Mike McCarthy heavily criticized for not throwing the challenge flag on that CD Lamb um, on on that first down. Clearly a first down. He said, you know, I talked to the side judge. I said, no. How much do you think is that warranted? For Mike, yeah, on the criticism, Mike got yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, there's 30 yes. coaches at the booth. They bring 30 coaches to the game, so I mean, I don't know what what are all of the functions. I mean, honestly, what what are we doing? I mean, like we're up in the press box. I mean, I I I think it it was such a critical part of the game. Is you, your offense is showing nothing? You finally got a first down, and it looked like it. And you, the line judge, right? I mean, the side judge, she marked first down, right in front of him, first down. And then all of a sudden, she she went over here, and they said, no, they didn't get it. And that's the reason why they were going heavy and all that stuff. I mean, you have to throw the flag. You have to challenge it. You have to stop it. If anything, stop this momentum and say, figure it out. Because you're saying first down, we're trying to go. Now you've changed it. What is it? And then uh, while you're doing all this, figure it out. Hopefully, one of those guys up in the booth is like, oh, no, they got to challenge this. Well, we got this. You know, yeah, you Mike, Mc, Mike McCarthy looked like there was no chaos on the sideline. It looked like we're going for this, and there was no hesitation. So I do, I do agree with Nick. There is, you have to question not throwing a challenge flag there. I thought it was a big moment in the game, even though it was still early. One, two, the play call is just not. You can't. That's not what you got to do there. Yeah, I mean, you're way better off punting the ball than than if he than doesn't to run roll that. out. And at that point, Hendershot had never made a catch like that yeah. in, in the NFL. And yeah, what are and, we doing? and maybe with Dak. That play call works better because because Dak's a more mobile quarterback. But like, 
I'm with John, and it's not the play call. I wouldn't have called a better play. I would have punted the ball. And I, we're seeing more offenses, and the Rams did it against the Cowboys, be more aggressive and deep in their own territory. But I just – you mentioned three turnovers, Nui, is really four because four times you're giving the ball back, and I think it was all in Cowboys territory. You can't win like that, not with your backup quarterback in the game. So I, I, I was surprised that he went for it. I know it's fourth and one. I know he trusts his team, and it's worked for him in the past, but I was surprised by that. One other thing I was going to say to give the Eagles some props on this, why don't more teams – do that line up in the victory push. formation to have your both your backs back there to push your quarterback. When I saw that, I was like, the Cowboys should do that with Dak oh. and in fourth and inches type situation. Oh. Now you probably might not want to do it now with the thumb, but you have a big quarterback that's obviously strong. You put you could put you could put uh, uh, Farniak back there or something. And all they're doing is as soon as the ball snapped, they just you know when, yeah. when push, the Eagles push the quarterback yeah. on the two point conversion when the penalty on Diggs and they got they moved it from the two to the one there to go for it. I thought, well, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're yeah, gonna go, we've already seen it once. They're going to do it again. And then they put they made a run or they did something different. I'm just like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, that seems like that's going to work every and, time. And a hey, we saw in practice uh, last week the Cowboys were working on that. It was a part p- portion of practice they told us we couldn't take pictures or talk about or do anything like that. They were clearly working on it. I don't know if you saw on the one, uh, Leighton Vanderess, you know, he timed it up perfect and jumped over the top, but it just, you got three guys pushing one guy. You're going to need more help than just one guy Superman and over the top there. But it wasn't like they weren't ready for that. They prepared for it. It just, it's a tough, it's a tough play to defend. A lot of things coming out of this game where the Cowboys players and coaches can look towards and just say, hey, look, this is where we got to get fix and get better if we want to go where we want to go. I think you don't want to lose, but when you lose, can you take something from it? There's a lot of things they can take something from it. Uh, For me, I go back and think, all right, you went turbo, so you wanted to go get a quick snap. Maybe the best thing to do was, all right, wait, you know, let the play clock go. Let your people tell you whether or not to throw it. You know, because as you said, that was a really critical situation right there. But this is what you learn. I mean, this is the stuff. Mike always talks about self-scout. That's what you do. Yeah, and this is what doesn't make sense about the play call. The the hurrying to the line of scrimmage is to be able to snap the ball and keep the Eagles' defense personnel the way it is. It was third and nine, right? Third and eight. I can't remember. but I think it was third and nine. It was third and nine, so the Eagles got like a nickel defense out there. You throw it and you get – Ten, but whatever it's called short, and so and so you, you turbo to the line of scrimmage, so they can't put big Jordan Davis and those guys in there and clog it up. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. that's why you rush to the line because even though you, you got Zeke out there, you're going to run it, and then you do a bootleg that like that makes no sense. Why would you turbo to get them in a nickel situation and then not run it on them? You know, that's that's a favorable box. Yeah, that's a good that's, that's a real good point <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, look. Number four is back. <laughs> it's a new week. There's a lot to learn from. Fun conversation. Hey, Rob Phillips, Nick Eatman, John Mashoda, I'm New East Coast Media Master. We'll return tomorrow high, uh, at 3 o'clock, and we'll have a, we'll have a fired-up Clarence Hill joining us. Yeah. Are you going to be back tomorrow? I don't know. I, I, I just hold on on us doing this tomorrow, though, to be serious, because I think they're moving practice time tomorrow, and we might have Mike McCarthy at three. So oh. it, hey, We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We gotta, it's still kind see. of up in the air, but I'm just saying. But if it is, well, I will be here. That's that's a good point. All right, we may or may not because we operate. Off There'll be something. We There'll be something going on at three time. o'clock. Yeah. All right, that's Mini Mash. We'll uh, we'll chat to you soon right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!